Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. Welcome. I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode where I have actually one of our clients, Jordan Gross. We published one of his one of his books recently. You'll hear about some of the others today, but we are talking about the power of storytelling. Because no matter what genre you're writing in, no matter who your ideal reader is, the thing that readers connect with the most and how they learn the most is through the power of storytelling. And creative storytelling is how you can really help your readers transform and get what it is that you're serving up in your book, if you will. So um, before I get started, you know, grilling Jordan, well, not grilling him, but just having a conversation (laughs) with Jordan, um, I do first want to officially introduce him. And as I mentioned, we did publish his um, book called Journey to Cloud Nine. And he's also got a new book coming out, What Happens in Tomorrowland. So Jordan, in addition to being an author, is a son, a grandson, a writer, speaker, guide, editor, and soon-to-be therapist. He's a Northwestern and Kellogg School of Management graduate, where he studied absolutely nothing to do with writing, as many of you authors or soon-to-be authors, like you're not studied in writing. So uh, you can understand that Jordan was in the same boat, same as me too. Anyway, he is a former startup founder, a restaurant manager, and soccer goalie, a solopreneur, podcast host, and two-time TEDx speaker. He is also the number one best-selling author of Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness, and The Journey to Cloud Nine. So welcome, Jordan. So fun to talk with you. It's been a little while since we published your book, and we've been kind of working with you. So great great to be with you today. Hey, Christine, thank you so much for having me on and for the really kind intro and the intro to storytelling and creative storytelling. I'm so excited that we get to chat more about it. It's really the little niche I've tried to develop in this personal development world. And I think it's so powerful for the reasons you said of really connecting to the the reader and having an emotional relationship with the reader and sharing stories that relate to people. So I am just super pumped and I thank you so much for allowing me to have some of your time today. Oh my gosh. Well, my pleasure. You guys are in for a treat today, audience, listening audience. Anyway, first question I want to ask, tell me, how did this whole author journey begin for you? Yeah. So my, my journey started when I was super young. I always listened and watched my dad as he would write poems for people's birthdays, for anniversaries, for graduations. He always created these poems that were a reflection of of people's lives up until that point. So there were these beautiful representations of how somebody was, how they got there. He picked a few key experiences and and shared about their personalities. And and as I think about what I try to do with my work is I I try to take deep dives into characters' lives and and share their story in a creative way too. 
So that's like the earliest reflection I have was just watching my dad make these poems for fun, really. You know, he's a lawyer, so he doesn't have any writing background either. But that's where it all came from. And then, like I said, with no formal writing background, I really going down the traditional quote unquote path of I went to school, um, I played a little soccer. So I was an athlete. I was a student. I was in school at Northwestern studying economics and the economics turned into internships and consulting and, and finance. And then those internships turned into a master's program in management studies. You're kind of on the train and the train was going. Yeah. And then ultimately I took the opportunity to focus in on listening to podcasts and reading books during my master's program. And that's when I discovered that, you know, it was more than just about following the the path that I was supposed to be on because I never took a step back and thought, what do I really want to do? What impact do I really want to make? So the more I listened to these authors, these coaches, these speakers, these therapists, these podcast hosts, the more that I envisioned myself doing the same kind of thing and, and sharing a message about stories and, and helping people with the way that they see their lives. And I uh, quit my first job about four months in. And then in January of 2018, I self-published my first book, Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness. It was the the first thing I'd written probably since maybe my high school, my, my college entrance personal statement essay. It turned into, okay, now that I have a book, what do I do with it? So that's when the coaching came about, more writing, editing, podcasting, speaking. And then thankfully I was connected to you for my <laughs> second book. And then for this third book, I went the traditional publishing route. So I kind of have a cool experience of self-publishing this boutique hybrid model with you and then the traditional publishing world now. What an amazing, amazing journey. And I know, cause like, this is one of the things that is so true of so many of the clients that I work with, whether in our group coaching program, Accelerator, um, and my select level of get your book done. And even in our publishing company, we see a lot of people who have had a degree of success in their lives. You know, they might've been at the top of their, you know, careers, university professors and, you know, CEOs yeah. and people who have really, you know, counselors and therapists with, you know, flourishing, amazing practices and decades of success, mm -hmm. you know, serving their clients and communities. But yet there's like this thing inside of almost all of our clients, this longing for more, like maybe this isn't it, even though I've had this success, even though I've followed this path, there's something more. And so many of mm -hmm. our clients, you know, discover that that more, the way that it wants to express is through a book. Yeah. So um, just curious if there's anything more you want to add around, because you kind of just sort of floated through. I knew that, you know, this wasn't the right path or, you know, there was something else for me. Anything you want to add about that feeling of moreness for you and how that linked up with authorship? Because there's lots of ways to express more, right? And to experience yeah. more, but why authorship for that purpose? Yeah. So two things here. First, I love that you asked me to expand further on this because it's really my life philosophy. And it came from a lot of just, you know, traditional introspection and soul searching and kind of like reading experiences of people who in their 30s, 40s, 50s expressed regret about things that they didn't get the chance to do. Like one of my favorite pieces is the the five regrets of the dying. And it's, it's all about things that we did not get to experience rather than things that we actually did do. So I'm a pretty young guy. So I kind of said, why would I wait 
until I get to any point in my life to look back and say, I regret not doing something. Why don't I just do it now and, and live an exciting story now? So my philosophy from that is kind of like, I, I envision myself when I'm 70, 80, 90 years old, just as a grandpa and in my rocking chair. And maybe I've got my grandkids on my lap and I'm sharing with them the story of my life. And I don't want that story to be one that is, is linear. I, I, I want my grandkids to feel excited about it, right? So I want to tell them how I quit my job and wrote a book and then started speaking and then devoted myself to helping people and then bounced around. I, I want this sort of very nonlinear, exciting path that I can tell these imaginary grandkids one day. So that's kind of why I chose this route. And then specifically to authorship, it, it comes from Hal Elrod and Chandler Bolt. So Hal Elrod from the Miracle Morning and then Chandler Bolt from self-publishing school. I remember the episode extremely well. They were doing a podcast and they both kind of just had this feeling like everybody in their life has to write a book at some point. And it is, you know, not only for the physical product of having something that will last for you know, for as long as, as time, once the product is out in the world, but also for the introspective process and story you get to share from writing this book. Right. So when I heard that, I just kind of said, that sounds awesome. Again, why would I wait until life happens to me to write a book? Why don't mm -hmm. I just take control of my life and write something now? So that's what I did. Amazing. I mean, it really is. I often call like writing a transformational book, especially as one of the fastest paths for like personal, professional and spiritual development. Oh, <laughs> um, definitely. Because it does. It puts you through the ringer, but not alone. Like everything you do is in service to your readers and, you know, impacting lives. It's like not just for you. So I feel like it just, you know, it's so much, there's just so much more impact and yeah, expansion that can happen for an author. So let's then turn and talk a little bit about storytelling. And as we're talking about sort of personal development and transformation and the process, you know, of writing, um, becoming an author as a journey of development and expansion of one's own self, why do you feel like it's important to look at personal development sort of through this lens of creative storytelling? Yeah. Absolutely. So there's no better way to answer this than with a story. So <laughs> I when, love it. See, yeah. like case in point right here, the power of stories. Stay tuned, everyone. Listen up. Exactly. Exactly. So the, and even better, this was a story that's been told to me because I was too young to remember this. So when I was probably like two or three years old, my brother is four years older than me, six or seven. There's a lot of pictures of this. So it's, it's definitely true. And there's, uh, there's photo evidence, but, um, my brother had a bagel with cream cheese and he ate this bagel with cream cheese and he smeared some of the cream cheese all over his face. So there we were, the four of us, my, my brother, me, my mom, and my dad, and, and we're all cracking up about the cream cheese, or maybe I didn't know what was going on, but I was laughing anyway. So I was a baby. Um, but you know, my mom <laughs> and dad are laughing about the cream cheese and it's so funny, but then after a couple of minutes, you know, it gets, it gets old and, uh, they have to tell him to wipe the cream cheese off his face. But Adam didn't want to wipe the cream cheese off his face. He wanted to leave it on. So my mom and dad tried sort of tirelessly to get him to take the cream cheese off of his face. And they 
presented the facts and they told him what would happen if he left the cream cheese on his face. And they, they tried to convince him through, you know, making him feel like the cream cheese shouldn't be on his face and they weren't getting through to him. So Adam leaves the cream cheese on his face and my mom and dad are just about to give up when my dad decides to get creative and, and go through the storytelling lens. So he looks at my, my brother and he says, you know what, Adam, it's okay. You, you can leave the cream cheese on your face, but you're going to get cream cheese-itis. <laughs> <laughs> so my brother looks at him and he goes, cream cheese-itis? And my dad says, yep, you're going to get cream cheese-itis. And you could see, you know, my brother's red cheeks turn red underneath the white cream cheese because he got so nervous. And he says, what's, what, what's cream cheese-itis? My dad says how cream cheese-itis is this disease that was created from little boys who left the cream cheese on their face too long and then it ended up being permanent and you could never get it off. And just like that, Adam grabbed a napkin and he wiped all the cream cheese off of his face. The power of stories. The the (laughs) power of storytelling right there because, you know, for a lot of people, the facts and the figures and the numbers and the the statistics that that might work, right? Some people might have wiped the cream cheese off of their face because they were told that that's what people do. And the large majority of people wipe the cream cheese off their face. But for some people that doesn't work. For Adam, there had to be some sort of creativity involved. There had to be a bit of emotional connection to the to the story that was being shared. There had to be more of, of a story that allowed him to make the decision for himself at the end of the day to take that cream cheese off of his face. So storytelling is persuasive, but it's also empowering. By sharing with people stories as opposed to prescriptive personal development advice, I believe that we kind of give people the tools to make their own decisions and convince themselves to make a change rather than be focused on what other people tell them to do. So that's why I think storytelling is so amazing for all of those reasons as well. Absolutely. I could not agree more. I have a 16-year-old myself, not quite uh, young enough to believe in something like cream cheese-itis. Yeah. Um, But certainly uh, I can use storytelling and I do use storytelling many times to get her on board with what I want her to do. And for those of you as you're writing a transformational books, like these stories are really, really where you have the power to impact and everyone listening. I'm sure that you can think of a book that you read that impacted your life. And there was a story, there was something Mm. in that book. Like right now I'm picturing, you know, Neil Donald Walsh with his, you know, dacks of yellow legal pages, you know, all this, you know, information coming in for him for his first conversations with God book, like, you know, and it was right out of, he came out of, you know, homelessness and yeah, it's like, you know, we keep these stories in our hearts and I know that you, I'm going to see if I can say it right, because you had asked if I would ask uh-huh. you about this particular platform called Imagitivitation sounds very Disney. If you ask me, it's like, you know, they're like cool Imagineering land. Um, so what is the Imagitivitation platform um, that kind of helps people through this process of driving personal development through the power of creative storytelling? Can you talk about that a little bit? Absolutely. So, and by the way, it, it is very Disney. Like I, I think I'm largely inspired, whether consciously or subconsciously, 
by Disney because Disney and thinking of children's books and children's movies, it's all personal development through creative storytelling, right? Like that's how we get through to children is it's not by just telling them, you know, what to do. It's, it's by telling them about the big bad wolf or little red riding hood. Right. So if we continue that on to, to convincing adults of, of what we may want them to change, then it could be really powerful. But anyway, the imaginativitation platform comes from the fact that I wanted to create a system that was a little bit more expansive than just manifestation, right? So manifestation, I always believed it was a cool trick, but I, I wasn't fully buying it. I was kind of like, there needs to be something else. There needs to be a way that this gets implemented. You can't just think something into belief without any action. So imaginativitation helps with the action piece. And basically it's a four ingredient word. The first of which is imagination. So, I mean, this is how I create stories. This is how I achieve goals. This is how I live my life. I do that visualization piece, that manifestation piece first. And I imagine what I want the end result to look like. And then after that, the second part is interpretation. So this is about asking yourself why. Why is that the life you want to live? Why is that the journey you want to take? So really getting to the root of why you're doing what you're doing, just like, you know, Simon Sinek, start with why. That comes second after the imagining because you want to understand better why you are creating, you know, in your head, whatever the vision is that you want to achieve. After that is creativity. So this is kind of why I decided to write personal development books through creative storytelling as opposed to the prescriptive self-help because I believe in the power of creating your own little touch on things by allowing yourself to be influenced by others, but then making it your own. And that, that to me is creativity. And then finally, implementation. So implementation can really be substituted with experimentation, but it's just about, you know, now you have the imagination, the interpretation, the creative component. Now you have to go out and do it. You have to experiment. You have to do trial and error. You have to, to fail, reassess, start over. And that's the process of living your life through the lens of imaginativitation in order to, you know, share the best uh, story possible with those grandkids one day. Excellent. And with your readers um, as mm -hmm. well. So how would you say apply that process for someone who maybe is really, you know, looking to include and create an incredible story, maybe based on, you know, like a real life expression of their story um, and use creativity mm -hmm. in the creation of that story for real maximum impact for their readers. I know you've written um, like, I mean, when we published Jordan's book, The Journey to Cloud Nine, it's like a parable. I mean, it's like the go-giver or, you know, one of those kinds of books, really amazing. Definitely go check it yeah. on Amazon, of course, and show notes. We have a resource for you and a link to, um, to Jordan's book. So you do want to go check those out. But it was different for us because like we usually, you know, very much publish books that are prescriptive, sort of self-help, nonfiction, personal development, business, um, memoir, things like that. But, it, you know, it was all storytelling, like a created story with created characters. But uh -huh. seeing that most of our listeners are writing, you know, non-fiction, non what tips, pointers, insights, wisdom do you want to share with them about the power of creative storytelling inside of a non-fiction work? Oh, absolutely. By the way, this 100% applies to nonfiction, maybe even more so 
than the fiction world because fiction is rooted in story, whereas nonfiction can be rooted in fact. I think the best nonfiction books have the greatest stories that we can relate to. And my favorite example of this is the first real personal development book or self-help book that I ever read was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I was fascinated by the case studies, the personal touch, the relatability that came from the stories that were told through Dale Carnegie. So I think instead of thinking of it like fiction versus nonfiction, I actually created this uh, fictional character, just this acronym called Jerry. And it's J-E-R-I, because when you think about stories, I wanted to really emphasize why they could be so important. So the J stands for allowing the reader to focus on the journey, not just the destination of the book that you're trying to read, right? You want them to enjoy every single part of it. So when you're writing these stories, people get engulfed by stories. They, they kind of lose track of time when they're reading these stories. So they, they get to enjoy the journey a lot more so. The second reason is it's about the emotional connection you're trying to make with the reader. So when you're writing about your, say it's like a memoir, for instance, you want them to feel something. You're trying to evoke some sort of emotion. I, I think that's one of the main goals of writing a book that somebody else is going to read is you want to make them feel a certain way. The third thing I think is super, super, super important. I feel like sometimes writing through the lens of stories reduces some of the stress that traditional personal development has. So what I mean by that is sometimes- Say, say, say more about that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes self-help can actually prove to be more stressful than helpful because you know if you have- contradictory advice from another self-help book, or you have inability to proceed with the advice in the exact way, and you know you aren't getting the results that it says right away, then sometimes you just question whether you are doing something wrong, or if you are broken, or if you're not fixable because you're following the advice from the book, but it's just not working. So when you share a story, you alleviate some of that stress because you're not telling directly the reader to do anything, but rather you're showing them through your characters, through your own experiences, if it's you know your own personal story, either you're showing them how you'd like them to live and your proof is you, or they get to say, you know what, I don't want to be like that person, so I'm going to do the opposite of what they did. So I, I think that's you know really powerful when you think of incorporating stories into your work. So is the R then like relatability? What Reducing stress. Reducing Reducing stress. stress. Okay. Yeah. And then finally, the I is the imaginativitation, this imagination and interpretation and creativity and implementation that is so transformative for your reader because you are giving them a vision of what their life could look like, right? I think we kind of all are at a point where our lives are one way and then they could look like another way. And I think that our goal is to bridge that gap. So by using this imaginativitation, by, by using storytelling, you're basically creating sort of like an alternate reality for them that they could work to achieve for themselves. You know what they say that if you're experiencing it like for real or you're experiencing something in your imagination, your body, like your being, your body doesn't really know the difference. Your mind doesn't know the difference. 
So I love that you're really, you know, talking about how to put these, you know, four things, the journey, the emotional connection, the reducing of stress and the imagination, you know, into this creative storytelling. It's almost like this stealth way to kind of get into your readers, you know, mind and heart and soul in a positive way to help them Mm -hmm. adopt ideas, you know, wisdom, teachings, tools, strategies, um, understanding that you have for them through your book. I just, I think it's fantastic. So Thank you for explaining. And I hope everyone is going to remember Jerry, J-E-R-I. And the last thing with that too, Christine, it's really simple is I think stories are fun. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's just fun. It's, It's like edutainment. You're educating and you're entertaining. And now I came across, you know, in my therapy readings, it's called Dr. Irving Yalom, this psychotherapist has a genre called the teaching novel. So that's something I really believe in because me growing up, I, I didn't love reading like the prescriptive books. I, I needed the good story. The book that I remember the most was Animal Farm growing up because I got to learn through this, this allegory. So if you're anything like me and, and you like a good story, then I think this is a really great you know, niche to dive into. Absolutely. It sure, sure, sure is. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I know you've got a resource to share with everyone today. And I'd love for you to, you know, speak just a little bit to your books, your, you know, forthcoming and the two books you've published, because we're going to put links at least to the already published books on show notes page. But can you share just a little bit about the free resource that you have for everyone that you can go get on show notes and then, you know, let them know about the books you've written and the book that's coming. Absolutely. So the free resource is 27 of the best personal development through creative storytelling books ever written. And like you said, Christine, like the go-giver is on there. The alchemist is on there. A lot of these kinds of books make an appearance. So that's a good way to, to further dive into this world and also to work on your own storytelling just by reading these amazing storytellers works. I appreciate you asking about the book that's upcoming. It just came out recently once this episode airs, uh, but it's called What Happens in Tomorrow World. And this is, I call it a modern day fable because it's, it feels, you know, very current. It actually takes place in an arcade crane game and it's all about navigating uncertainty. And it's told through the lens of four toys who live inside that crane game. And their uncertain situation is whether or not that crane, the claw, is going to take them out of that game and introduce them to a different world. This tomorrow world is the name of the arcade. So I wrote this parable, this, this fable, at the beginning of the pandemic because we're faced with the most uncertain situation, I think, of human history. I actually related the four characters to my own story because they're representations of my four grandparents. So my four grandparents would would have four very different responses to the uncertainty that lies ahead. Mm. The characters are called Opti, Pessy, Sage, and Chill, which stands for optimistic, pessimistic, sage, and, and chill. And yeah, so through these characters, you're kind of able to relate to them and and realize how you're responding to uncertainty and learn about, you know, some best practices, some things to avoid as we all face the uncertainty that's still going on to this day. So that's the new book coming out. What happens in tomorrow world, a, a modern day fable about navigating uncertainty. Well, we'll have to make sure to link to that one because it will be out by the time we air for sure. So fantastic. 
Thank you so much, Jordan. In closing, as we're about to wrap up here, if there's one most important thing that you want our listeners here at the Get Your Book Done podcast to really take to heart as they walk away, you know, and we bring this podcast, this episode to a close, what's the one most important thing you really want them to, yeah, just take away with them around creative storytelling? Yeah. So I would say that the most important thing when it comes to creative storytelling is kind of related to how I found my way into creative storytelling. And and that's by finding and understanding and then telling a very unique story that is meant just for you. Right. So I found personal development through creative storytelling. It's sort of, you know, carving this niche. And I think no matter what it is, just try to find that for yourself, find the differentiator. What makes you stand out? How is your book, your memoir, your novel, your short paragraph different from everybody else? And once you understand that, you'll be able to share not only, you know, a story through the pages that works, but but a story through your life that works as well. Mm, So well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jordan, for being here with us today. Um, Really appreciate you taking the time and just sharing your journey, yourself, your essence, your process and helping everyone, you know, dive a little bit deeper in their own creative storytelling. So thank you. And thank you so much for allowing me to do so. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Absolutely. And of course, to you listeners, just thank you for being here. Thank you for being the kind of person who is committed to writing a book that really transforms lives, starting with your own and making a difference in the world with your message. I'm grateful you're here and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye for now, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.